0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It was strange to see that there were outlets, news outlets, pushing the idea that Kamala Harris is very popular and she's going to be very helpful on the campaign trail in 2022. Because no one believes this. No one believes this at all. It was it was clearly a lie. Well, the people who find Kamala Harris very popular are the mullahs, the hardliners and the clerics in Iran. Because Kamala Harris was speaking, I think it was at George Mason University, talking to students and there's a student talking to her about the ethnic genocide happening in Israel. And there's the Vice President of the United States basically agreeing with her, at least nodding along and saying it's important that you, uh, you have, uh, you know, you, you speak these things and, and, you, and you speak your truth. That's what Kamala Harris said to a student, uh, and I'm quoting here, that your voice, your perspective, your experience, your truth should not be suppressed. It must be heard, right? And that's one of the things we're fighting for in a democracy, This student is a fool who's been indoctrinated by anti-Semites and fools, whether it be at George Mason University or throughout her entire career. Pay attention to what your kids are seeing and doing, guys. This lie about ethnic genocide in Israel. And who picks it up? Iranian state-affiliated media. Student accuses U.S. of funding ethnic genocide by Israel in front of Vice President Harris. Americans are struggling because of a lack of health care, public health care, lack of affordable housing, and all this money ends up going to Israel, the student said at an event on voting rights. The student did say it all. And Iran is now using it as propaganda. Against Israel, also against the United States. And the Vice President aided and abetted this because the vice president is a coward who didn't want to come out against what this girl was saying and end up showing some support for Israel. Nope, coward's not the right word. It has to be that this is what she actually believes, right? Ooh. There's no other explanation for it. There's no other explanation for not saying, I disagree with you. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, Good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. You want to defend Kamala Harris? Feel free. Well, she was just trying to get through the moment. This girl said Israel's guilty of ethnic genocide and the vice president of the United States didn't have the political wherewithal to say, that's not true. I disagree with you. Here's what I know. Didn't have that. I take that as agreement. Go on. Go on. Prove me wrong. 833, got Tony. Also happening right now, according to Jackie Heinrich of Fox News, Biden is going to Capitol Hill to meet with members of the Democratic caucus. They're trying to salvage this $3.5 trillion. They're doing everything they can. The big guns are coming. As Hunter would say, the big guy. He's coming. Somebody give him some cash. I don't think it's going to do any good. I don't think it's going to do any good at all. But the story I wanted to share with you is the story of Rand Paul and Javier Becerra. Oh, this is so good. Javier Becerra is the Secretary of Health and Human Services. And Javier Becerra is a partisan dude. He was a partisan dude when he was a congressman. He was a partisan dude as the Attorney General of California. He's a partisan dude as the Secretary of Health and Human Services. He is what he is, what he is, what he is. And he once accused those people who don't get a vaccine of being flat earthers. Rand Paul has been absolutely excellent in the conversations of vaccine, vaccine hesitancy, of the lies told by Anthony Fauci, which I'll get into more of Anthony Fauci in a little bit, and lies of the CDC, and these people who don't seem to consider some other realities, like, for example, natural immunity. Listen to this
1: with an Israeli study that had uh, 2.5 million patients and found that the vaccinated group was actually seven times more likely to get infected with COVID than the people who had gotten COVID naturally. Senator, I would have to get back to you on that one. I'm not familiar with that study. Well, you think you might want to be if you're going to travel the country insulting the uh, millions of Americans, including NBA star Jonathan Isaac, who have had COVID recovered. Look at a study with 2.5 million people and say, well, you know what? It looks like my immunity is as good as a vaccine or not And in a free country. Maybe I ought to be able to make that decision. Instead, you've chosen to travel the country calling people like Jonathan Isaac and others, myself included, flat earthers. We find that very insulting goes against the science. Are you a doctor or a medical doctor? I've worked uh, over 30 Um, years on health policy. So you're not a medical doctor. Do you have a science degree? And yet you travel the country calling people flat earthers who have had COVID, looked at studies of millions of people, and made their own personal decision that their immunity they naturally acquired is sufficient. But you presume somehow to tell over 100 million Americans who have survived COVID, that we have no right to determine our own medical care. You alone are on high and you've made these decisions, a lawyer with no scientific background, no medical degree. This is an arrogance coupled with an authoritarianism that is unseemly and un-American. You, sir, are the one ignoring the science. The vast preponderance of scientific studies, dozens and dozens show robust long-lasting immunity after COVID infection. Even the CDC does not recommend measles vaccine if you have measles immunity. The same was true for smallpox. But you ignore history and science to shame the flat earthers, as you call them. You should be ashamed of yourself and apologize to the American people for being dishonest about naturally acquired immunity. You want more people to choose?
0: We'll get to you in a second, Senator Paul. Flat earthers. Is that the way the woke views us? Now, maybe i got to be a little more clear about what I'm saying. Is this the way people are viewed if they don't agree they're flat earthers? Is this the way people are viewed when they say to themselves, I have natural immunity, I don't need to get the vaccine? i got to ask in that larger context. Flat earthers. The level of hate that exists from the woke folk, from the leadership, from the intelligentsia, against the people who are asking a rational question is irrational in and of itself. It is remarkably, remarkably violent. I've been using that word a lot today. I just don't know what other word would be, would be, would be better. I mean, I I just don't I don't know how else to describe it. The hatred that people like Javier Becerra have for anyone who may, you know, have a different thought. That's what it certainly looks like. Hatred for anybody who should dare ask a question.
1: Vaccination? So do I. You want to lessen vaccine hesitancy? So do I. You want to have that happen? Quit lying to people about naturally acquired immunity. Quit lording it over people, acting as if these people are deplorable and unwashed. Try persuasion instead of government cudgels. Try humility instead of arrogance. Try freedom instead of coercion. But most of all, try understanding that there's no more basic medical right than deciding what we inject into our bodies. Today, after hearing that millions of people in a study prove, show without a doubt that there's a great deal of immunity from getting it naturally, do you want to apologize to the 100 million Americans who suffered through COVID, survived, have immunity, and yet you want to hold them down and vaccinate them? Do you want to apologize for calling those people flat earthers? Senator, I appreciate your question and appreciate that everyone has their opinion. Uh, we follow the facts and the science at HHS. We use the expertise of the medical professionals, the scientists at uh, HHS to make decisions. Uh, it's a team effort, and we rely on what is on the ground showing us results. Except for the. Do-
0: the only study you didn't know about was the Israel study that everybody and their mother's been talking about. Of course, you know it, but it doesn't fit your needs. So you pretend not to either understand it or you're so wholly bad at your job. Wholly bad at your job that you don't know that that study exists about natural immunity. You tell me that the CDC doesn't pay any attention to natural immunity, doesn't think it exists, doesn't think it has value? Son of a gun! It's an excellent back and forth. An excellent back and forth. Because it is Senator Rand Paul doing what he does best, slowly, methodically ripping apart the argument and exposing the bigots for what they are. And it's why I think Rand Paul should be in the 2024 conversation, one way or another. I only focus on 2022, I'm just saying. It's there. Let's get into a conversation about the schools. Oh, this is ugly and getting uglier. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. So the woke folk are very upset with the Texas abortion law, which basically says you can't have abortion after six weeks. And there are some parts of the law that I think that people can say, I'm not cool with this. This doesn't work. There's a question here about what we're, we're, we're allowing citizens to do. I think that's fine. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, so good to be with you. But to hear the insanity of people discussing these kinds of laws is just remarkable. And this is the clip that you're seeing everywhere. So it was a congressional hearing. Really, it was the squad types. And there's this activist from Texas, who an abortion activist. This is the clip you're hearing everywhere.
2: And I just wanted to acknowledge a lot of people are being left out of this conversation today because, as we know, people get pregnant and not just women. But I hear people over and over and over again say women get pregnant, but that's excluding people that should be a part of this conversation.
0: Notice that's not a conversation about abortion. That's a conversation about getting people to pretend that men get pregnant. Men do not get pregnant. Men are not women and women are not men. And anyone who says otherwise is lying. And I do not care about your story if you do not care about the truth. I didn't say someone should be treated poorly for how they present themselves or whatever may be in their head. But men do not have babies. It's a lie. Yet here she is saying we should be referring to pregnant people. Oh, that is not a good start. That is not a good start to your whole conversation about the Texas abortion law, which you've also decided is racist.
2: Their leadership, particularly in this legislative body, is an inspiration to me. My name is Malija Aziz. I am a mother, a survivor of sexual assault, a proud abortion storyteller with We Testify, and a community organizer for the Texas Equal Access Fund. Before SB 8 officially became the law, things were already dismal. but now they have become a nightmare. Abortion funds have been working around the clock to help people access abortions with funding assistance, travel support, and more. Abortion funds exist to counter the discriminatory, classist, and racist restrictions on abortion, like the Hyde Amendment.
0: Like the Hyde Amendment. Sure. Whatever you say. But what do you expect? When you're an abortion cultist, well, everything's in your way. And that's what it, I mean, it, it, it is cultism at that moment, right? It, that, that's what, it, it, it's cultism when Representative Jackie Speier says
3: this. So according to a, a 2018 report by the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine, abortion is safer than childbirth, colonoscopies, Dental procedures, plastic surgery, and tonsillectomies.
0: Abortion is safer than childbirth. For whom? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. For whom? That's the whole question. You do you know what kind of radical Orwellian freak show you are? Do you know how much you hate yourself? To push that line as if it has some kind of value, but they were pushing a lot of lines, a lot of lines as if they had some kind of value, when of course uh, that's that's not the case. Abortion is uh, is so important because to not allow abortion is just straight up racism. And bigotry, I mean, this was was Representative uh, Ayanna Presley.
3: We find ourselves in the midst of an unprecedented wave of coordinated attacks on our reproductive freedom and bodily autonomy. And Texas's horrendous and extreme SB8 abortion ban underscores the urgency of this moment. The year 2021 has been the most devastating for abortion rights in American history. In the midst of an ongoing global pandemic that robbed us of more than 690,000 lives and disproportionately impacted our most vulnerable and black and brown communities, anti-abortion legislators in 47 states focused on legislating hurt and harm to push this critical health care out of reach. These misguided bans will not actually prevent all abortions. They simply put safe and necessary abortion care out of reach for our most vulnerable, specifically our lowest-income sisters, our queer, trans, and non-binary siblings, black, Latinx, AAPI, immigrants, disabled, and indigenous folks. And none of this is happenstance. It is precise. Like the roots of the anti-abortion movement, these bans are rooted in patriarchy and white supremacy.
0: You can't be this ignorant to be a member of Congress, can you? abortion we're going to talk about margaret sanger was all about killing black babies that's what it was all about now all of a sudden it's rooted in white supremacy what a twist of the knife that is just flat out lying i do find it also kind of amazing that uh she can talk about the global pandemic robbing us more than six hundred ninety thousand lives and not understand that she's talking about abortion that has robbed us of many many more lives But the most interesting line was that from Representative Ocasio-Cortez.
2: Reproductive systems that they know nothing about. Six weeks pregnant, and it's shameful that this education even needs to happen because this conversation shouldn't even be held in a legislative body. Six weeks pregnant is two two weeks late for one's period. When you are raped, you don't always know what happened to you. You are shy, And I speak about this as a survivor. You are in so much shock. And by the way, people who commit abuse and victims and survivors of of sexual assault are overwhelmingly assaulted by someone they know.
0: It is very obvious that she is making the claim that she was raped. I speak about this as a survivor, and she's at one moment pointing at herself. Now, maybe she's talked about this before, and I missed it. Where Representative Ocasio-Cortez suggests that she was raped? She has. She has discussed it before? She's referenced it, yeah. Okay. She's, I mean, that's one heck of a claim. She says it, I'll say okay. I've got no reason to say otherwise, but people are going to ask about this now. So I, had not, I wasn't sure if she'd ever brought this up before. I mean, this is, you are you're, you're putting a lot of yourself out there. It doesn't change the conversation about the Texas law. It doesn't change the conversation about abortion, but she has put that out there. This is Tony Katz today. important to keep our eyes on this Virginia governor's race there's a lot of stuff coming up that we got to be paying attention to and in this governor's race you got Terry McAuliffe against Glenn Youngkin and Terry McAuliffe is the former governor of Virginia and he is a Clintonista and he said this Veto books,
1: Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools bill. and actually you take books out and make their own decisions. So, to yeah, parents, I've you've stopped vetoed. the bill that I don't think parents should be telling
0: schools what they should teach. But, you know, not I teach. get really tired. I don't think parents should be telling schools what to teach. It's haunting him. That is an absolutely remarkable, remarkable flub. I mean, you can't fail worse than that now, can you? Can't be done. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. So he goes on to CNN. Aaron Burnett is doing the interview. And uh, Aaron Burnett throws him a couple of softballs. And then... um, Aaron Burnett kind of asks him an interesting one. So, Aaron, he's trying to appeal to the Trump people. Trump has endorsed him four times. Trump wants to use this race to be the launch pad for 2024.
3: All right. All this being said, I went back to look at some of the things that Youngkin has said. And last week, he specifically said he had not talked to Donald Trump at all about holding a possible rally in Virginia. He said clearly that he would have voted to certify the election. Clearly not a Trump thing. And he specifically said he believes in the integrity of the voting process. He went to vote early in Fairfax County, and here's what he said about it then. Virginia?
0: I do. I do. This is why we came to vote. And and I think that the process is gonna be fair.
3: Obviously, Trump himself has suggested Youngkin hasn't embraced him or the MAGA movement enough, which those statements, of course, would, would be consistent with. So, when you hear that, I mean, are you wrong to be calling him a wannabe Trump? I mean, he is going against Trump on on the election and on so certification. Oh,
0: come on, Aaron. He's not going against Trump. I mean, through the whole campaign, he's talked about election integrity. Come on, for eight, nine months, that's been his number one thing he's talked about. My audio got a little messed up there, but it's so interesting to see that he, uh, he, he just can't accept the fact that someone could be running and not be 100% Trump and beat him. Because for the political left and all of these elections, it all has to be about Trump all the time. But for a CNN person to say maybe he's not totally with Trump, what's a, what, what about that? And to see Terry McAuliffe lose his head. And Terry McAuliffe is right to lose his head because this education conversation, which is taking place all across America, man, parents aren't backing down at all. And rightfully, rightfully so because the parent matters. Now, there are ways to do these things, but the idea that school boards see themselves as somehow um, above it all, how dare you speak to us like that? How dare you? Near where I live, Carmel, Indiana, The school board there has decided they only do meetings virtually because the way the parents are speaking to the school board is unacceptable. And my advice to the school board is quit. You shouldn't be threatened and you shouldn't be attacked. I agree with both those things. You don't like a loud voice, quit. Go work in a library. No loud voices in a library. Oh, I mean this. I mean this to all those school board members, quit. If you think that the parents shouldn't be able to speak out about what's going on in their kid's school, There's no place for you. Now, in Carmel, Indiana, they'll all go back to one subject. Someone brought a gun to a meeting. It's absolutely a true story. Someone brought a gun to a school board meeting. They weren't pointing at anybody. Slipped out of somebody's pocket. They got arrested. You know what kind of fool you are to let something slip out of your pocket? The guy probably feels bad enough. I don't want to pile on the dude. But you created a moment for them, and that's all they talk about. Well, someone brought a gun to a meeting. Oh, we have to be safe. No, you have to be responsible to the citizenry, and if you can't handle that, quit. Nobody was threatened with a firearm, by the way. Guy had a firearm on him. I don't know how many people have had firearms in the building. Probably many, and you didn't even know it. This guy had it in his pocket. Don't carry a gun in your pocket. Slipped out of his pocket. You're going to have to deal with the consequences of that. You did, however, hurt everybody else in the room by making it more difficult for them to engage the conversation. And yes, sometimes people in a room can be irrational and be disruptive, and I don't think you should be disruptive. I think you should be focused on explaining your position, explaining why they are failing your kids, and then replacing them. That's what you should be doing. But they're now only going to have, in Carmel, Indiana, virtual school board meetings. I believe that's a firing offense. The entire school board should be fired en masse right now. I also question whether or not that's preventing people from engaging properly if you tell me it's only gonna be virtual and you tell me i can look at it online i want the the city of carmel to pay for the internet for everybody to be able to view it why should they have to pay for their own internet to see a public meeting doesn't make any sense to me and if they're going to have virtual meetings i suggest that the parents hold their their own school board meetings right there on the lawn of where the school board meets Right there. Set up the chairs, have a school board meeting. Let the police arrest you. Who cares? What are they going to do? Get a couple thousand people to show up and have your own school board meeting. You're willing to discuss your point of view with anybody. The school board are a bunch of low-rent cowards who are afraid to have a conversation with angry parents. And you hear my tone of voice? That's what they say is threatening. (laughs) Can you imagine?
1: I feel threatened.
0: Can you imagine that that's their argument? Oh, if you use a loud voice, do. if you use a threatening mannerism. I'm Jewish, I talk with my hands. (laughs) You tell an Italian not to talk with their hands, they're going to fall down. They won't know what to say. I'm
2: Jewish, I talk with my hands.
0: How many ways can I move about? Oh, that's threatening. What do you mean that's threatening? What kind of crazy talk is this? Loud talk is threatening? I don't know if you know the house I grew up in. Loud talk was necessary. If only because my mother taught us to speak with a loud, clear voice. Make sure they can hear you in the back. If you've got something to say, you should be able to say it loud enough so everyone can hear you. We were not close talkers. We weren't these, ooh, quiet people. We'll talk in a real soft voice. Therefore, what we're saying is important. Everyone has to lean in and listen to us. That's how you show your intellect. Bullcrap. Speak clearly, directly, and thusly. But if you have nothing to say, don't say nothing. Rational point of view. But this has taken a new twist and a new turn. Where school boards are asking President Biden to review threats and violence as possible domestic terrorism. Did I mention throw the school board members out? The National School Boards Association is asking the Biden administration to to do this. Look into it as domestic terrorism and hate crimes. To my local school board, you should all quit. You're not good enough for the job. If you think this is an answer, I agree with you. You should not be threatened. I agree with you. You should not be attacked. I agree with you that the meeting should be able to take place without disruption. But you think it's a problem that I say to you teaching critical race theory in the schools is disgusting and that you allow it is disgusting? You're disgusting. Would you rather I did it at your house? I'm going to the school board meeting. And then you go back to your place I go back to my place. I don't bother you none. I see you in the local supermarket. I ain't giving you any kind of business. I'm not going out of my way to talk to you. I'm not bothering you while you're on a walk around the neighborhood. I went to the school board meeting to vent my frustration with your bigotry for allowing diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is all bigotry in the schools. I'm disgusted by the idea that you think that books can be in the school library that have pornographic material. I didn't say that the book should be burned. I said it shouldn't be in a middle school library library. Kids couldn't watch a movie that have that content without a parent, yet the book can be there. See, that's not banning books. That's about making sure that there are books in places that are, well, age-appropriate. Parents can do such a thing. But once again, when you have the Ibram Kennedys of the world, these bigots who don't believe that the parent has any say, only the educator has a say, well, this is what you get to. So if any school board member, whether it's Carmel, Indiana, or anywhere in Indiana, or anywhere across the country who thinks that what I have said should be thought of as domestic terrorism or a hate crime, you have to quit, you're not good enough. Don't you get it? It's not me, it's not us, it's you. You don't have what it takes. You're not good, you're not decent, you're not prepared to be a public official. And when you're a school board member, you're a public official and you have to listen to people. Now you might disagree with them and then you lose elections, right? That's that's the way it works. That's the system that I favor. But you think you don't have to listen and you can label me a domestic terrorist? Which part of go to hell do you want to hear? The go part, the two part, or the hell part? Or do you want it as, as the trio? That's usually like the the way I like to like to deliver it. I'm a domestic terrorist? What name can I call you? Oh, that's right. I'm not allowed to call you a name. That's why you have virtual meetings. But you label me. And parents all across America as domestic terrorists? Which part of go to hell do you need to be told? Don't you know you're wrong? Allow me to be the first. Of course you're wrong. You're the one engaged in the bigotry. You're the one engaged in the name-calling. You're the one engaged in the hate. Because parents disagree with you? You went from zero to domestic terrorist in the blink of an eye. Holy cow. By the way, we should make sure I'm I'm fully understood on this. I will again say as clear as day, no one should be threatened. I don't accept threats. No one should be hurt. I don't accept people getting hurt at all and in any way. If school boards want to label you domestic terrorists, I'm in favor of firing the school board. I'm in favor of parents showing up to their local schools by the thousands, demanding that the school board be fired. Showing up to the superintendent's office and not allowing them in until the school board is fired. Showing up at these public events with public officials in their towns, in their municipality until the school board is fired. I am in favor of the full on pressure campaign to fire those school board members who think it's okay to call parents domestic terrorists and to other parents out there who think some parents are domestic terrorists for standing up to their children please identify yourself so i don't ever waste my time in a carpool with you parents speaking up for themselves are domestic terrorists oh i'll I'll agree with you we shouldn't have people yelling and screaming and disrupting meetings like that uh, right, that I don't agree with. I don't agree with the disruption of meetings. There's a time for for your conversations. Do it. You you can you, you know protest in all sorts of ways. I don't accept uh, threats. I don't accept the bullying. I don't. No, 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 no. I've said it many times now, but people will still misrepresent misrepresent my words because cats or cowards do. That's that's all they're about. They they absolutely want to misrepresent my words. But if you're one of the people who 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 thinks that um. You should be able to call parents, uh, domestic terrorists. You, 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 uh, you need to go. There's no place for you in civil society. None whatsoever. No place at all. So we're going to see what happens here. We're going to see what happens here. Right? There's hate speech. There's silence is violence. All ways to try and get you to stop talking. Parents, don't ever stop. This is who these people are. Bigots. They're bigots. That's all they've ever been and all they will ever be. And you, you don't have to take that from nobody. They're your kids. Stand up for them. Fight for them. They are worth it. They will call you names. They will call you bigots. So what? Pay them no mind. Pay them no attention. Fight for your kids. Don't let them stop you. Don't let them name call you. Domestic terrorist... You should know how frightened they are that you might actually gain control of your children's education. And if it so comes to it, well then, yes, you're going to have to break that school system in two. Randy Weingarten, who is the uh, head of the American Federation of Teachers Union, tweeting out an article about Ron DeSantis. that says, Republicans don't want to reform public education. They want to end it. And she tweets out, this isn't just about masks or about Governor DeSantis's political aspirations. It's about the complete destabilization of public education so that parents will choose private schools. Parents can choose anything they want because it's about the kid and them, not about teachers' unions. Who cares if Randy Weingarten has a job? Your job is to educate your kid properly. And if that means private school, that's the way it goes, and that's where the money should go. The money doesn't belong to Randy Weingarten. The money doesn't belong to public schools. Let's rethink the whole thing. Is this the best way to engage in education? Good question. Let us discuss it. But look at the fear she has that you might decide what's best for your kid. And my answer is, damn straight you will. And good on you. I'm Tony Katz.